Hey, this is Neil Mackay, your host of a Vietnam podcast. Now, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite affiliate partners, and that is Fiverr. I've been using Fiverr for years for everything from ordering YouTube thumbnails to keyword research, writing podcast articles, even to Canva designs and thumbnails and more. So whether you're a budding entrepreneur, a podcaster, or anyone in between, Fiverr has got you covered. It really is the go-to platform if you want to find freelancers offering a massive range of services to help you on any project. Maybe you need a stunning new logo or just a short animation, whatever you need, you can find it on Fiverr. What I love the most is how easy Fiverr makes it to connect with talented freelancers from around the world, all at prices that will fit whatever your budget is. Plus, with Fiverr's secure payment system, you can trust that your transactions are safe and secure. No dodgy people you meet on Facebook groups that disappear with your money and never give you what you want. What, that's only happened to me? As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you use the link and at no extra cost to you. As an affiliate partner, I will get a small commission if you click my link and you buy something, all at no extra cost to you. And best of all, you will be directly supporting the making of this podcast that you're listening to for free, but it is not free to make. So why we head over to somewhere that you've probably never been before. It's called the show notes. So whatever app you're listening in, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything at all, head to the show notes, click on my special link, and then you can browse thousands of gigs ready to help you with your next project. And now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of 7 Million Bikes, a Saigon podcast. My name's Neil Mackay, I'm your host, and uh, today I'm with Lewis Wright, who is an expat in Saigon, like myself, and he's from England. Uh, Lewis, it's good to have you on today. Hello, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So where are you from in England? Uh, I'm from Durham, which is in the northeast England, quite near Newcastle. I think most people know that from the Premier League. Uh, Durham is famous for a nice cathedral, university, but it's a pretty small place, not like Saigon. Now, is Durham, so I'm, I'm a bit of a football fan, is Durham closer to Sunderland or closer to Newcastle? There's mixed feelings about this. <laughs> if, if most of Durham, you're fans of Sunderland, and that's because of the river. The river Weir, which goes through Durham, ends up in Sunderland. So apparently because of this river, you should be a Sunderland fan. But actually, my, my parents, especially my mum's side, are from Newcastle, so I, I lean towards Newcastle for football. Because my worry is that you've just offended all of Sunderland by saying that Durham is close to Newcastle. Would there be some offended people out there? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would say the majority of Durham people affiliate more with Sunderland than Newcastle. That's what I would say. <laughs> and so, so you're from Durham, so you're from, not too far from Glasgow, right? Yeah. Yep. And um, 
Have you been to Glasgow? Have you been to Scotland before? Uh, yeah, more to Edinburgh. We always used to go to the Fringe Festival. Sorry, we I've only been to Glasgow when I was quite young and on the way to Lomond. You know Loch Lomond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very beautiful, close to Glasgow. beautiful place, yeah. So, so... I know Edinburgh more than Glasgow. Yeah, <laughs> it's a common theme in my life. The amount of people that I've met, and they go, "Oh, you're from Glasgow? I drove through it." Yeah, to get to, get to somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and they normally say, "Well, you just I've been to Edinburgh. <laughs> Loved Edinburgh. Oh, I went to Loch Lomond. It's beautiful." Yeah. Glasgow's got a great motorway though, <laughs> and it's true. Glasgow has a motorway that goes literally through the heart of the city. Yeah. So if you want to get most places, and and it does have a violent reputation, so I think a lot of people get scared. But no, Glasgow is a nice city. But I'm glad you've been to Scotland at least. The amount of English people that I've met, and um, I've never been to Scotland. Yeah, anyway. yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I I once cycled from Newcastle to Edinburgh, not to Glasgow, sorry. Wow. But uh, yeah, so I got to see lots of beautiful Scottish countryside. And how far is that? And- uh, we did it in, I think, just under two weeks. So it's a good couple oh, hundred wow. miles. Uh, you know, a good, good bike ride. Yeah, and we do it for enough. charity or just no, just with my family. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, it was okay actually because we took the car. So either I was quite young wait, wait, as a teenager. No, so Which one of my parents would do half half the day's journey and turn around and go back for the car and then drive the rest of it and meet us at the end. <laughs> so yeah, but it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so this is a, this is a podcast about Saigonese, about people who mm. live in Saigon. So obviously, like me, you live in Saigon. How long? How long have you been here now? Uh, I've been on and off a little bit. Actually, yesterday marks my one-year anniversary here. One year ago yesterday, I, I arrived in Saigon. However, I lived here for 13 months, uh, a couple of years back. Uh, and I've been here many times on holiday. My girlfriend's Vietnamese, but we met in England. So my first experience was just coming as a tourist in the summer and then I came here for a year while my girlfriend was working in an internship. And eventually we both moved from England uh, to here together. Wow. Mm. So my next question is, how's your Vietnamese? Really shockingly bad. <laughs> it should be better. I, I used to know more, but I, I got a bit shy and, and I'm ashamed to say I, I gave up a little bit. Uh, I, I know a lot of vocabulary and I understand a lot more than I can speak, which has its advantages, being able to know what's going around and pretending you, you don't really understand. <laughs> so, so we actually, we have already interviewed your girlfriend. Yes. Kim. And it was a very interesting interview about um, studying overseas and whatnot. And so one of the questions we asked her was, have you understood something in English that someone didn't know that you could understand? Mm. Have you heard something in Vietnamese being said about yeah, you that absolutely. they didn't know that like, you, this white guy, can actually yeah. understand them? Yeah, actually, I, I have a little story about that. Once I, I was renting a motorbike, I got this new motorbike and I, and I didn't know how to open the fuel cap. I had to fill it up. Turns out you had to put your key in the fuel cap and turn it to get it off. I didn't know, so I'm pulling at this thing. And the guy at the petrol station looked at me and just said, which basically means stupid foreigner. And I understood him. And then I felt so embarrassed because he took my key out of my hand to put it in and open this thing. I was so, oh my God. So I thought, yeah, that, that's kind of deserved. So I, I didn't say anything. Yeah, that, that's probably fair enough, right? You're going to at that point be like, yep. Yeah, that, that's my bad. So what, what is the Vietnamese for stupid foreigner? Because I have to listen to this because I've hey, probably right? been called this a million times and I don't know. Say hey. it again. 
Tengu wa. Tei is foreigner or westerner. Ngo is, is stupid. And, and wa, like really stupid. Now, I feel like um, probably any Vietnamese person listening to this is probably like, no, that, that's completely probably wrong. Probably said some kind did. of vegetable, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, right? So you, when did you first come to Vietnam? So you came for 13 months in the beginning. Yeah, the, the first trip was way back in, I think, 2013 for summer holiday. Because my girlfriend's Vietnamese, but we met in university. So she was a student and we just came back. Uh, for a couple of weeks in the summer. So that was my first experience very much as a tourist, traveling about, going to the museums. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So 2013, Jesus, 2019, it was six years ago. Yeah, things have changed here. I was going to say, so I've been here nearly three years, and the the, the Saigon has just changed dramatically. What's the biggest changes you've noticed from 2013? We live in District 4, and the, when I first came, there weren't that many big apartment blocks. Mm. But now from our house, you look around, you see these huge buildings, and they've all sprung up. They weren't there at all when yeah. I first came. So yeah. I used to live in District 4 as well, and that so that was even three years ago, and half of that wasn't there yeah. at all. Yeah. I just noticed everything spring up. And even the amount, I think this is a, a good thing, but the amount of tourists... The, the, yeah. You just didn't see as many um, foreign faces around. Really? And I think, yeah, I, I feel like when you go to, you know, Wing Hue Street mm. or the tourist area, you just see a lot more visitors. And it's really nice that Vietnam's kind of opening up more and more people mm. are coming to visit the country. And I remember I arrived a few weeks after Starbucks did. And there was this huge excitement. Everyone wanted to go to Starbucks. And now there's, there's a whole bunch of them around That's Saigon. Them. Yeah, so... Yeah, it, it's things are changing. Uh, I think a lot of them for the good, some for the bad. I think there's more cars. I think the traffic's a bit worse, which mm. sucks. Um, but let's all hope they sort that out. So yeah, that even in just three years, I've noticed the traffic has just gone from crazy to crazier. Yeah, and it is the cars. Like yeah, now when I'm on my bike, Definitely. it's literally two lanes of cars and maybe one or two bikes. Yeah. Whereas even three years ago, it was mostly bikes with some cars dotted about. Yeah. And it drives me insane because, you know, have you ever seen that infographic where it shows the footprint of a car, mm. with like one person in it, and then the footprint of a bus? Yeah, yeah. And like you know, and suddenly there's only one it. bus on the road instead of like. 50 cars yeah. Right? yeah and I look at all these and everyone drives an SUV here yeah and this massive SUV with one person in it yeah and you're just like yeah I don't really know what the solution yeah. is yeah let's hope that the, the metro and the bus routes uh, sort this problem out we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll, <laughs> see if it does we'll have an impact that. we'll hope for that so you came here 2013 for 13 months uh, no, I came in 2015 for 13 right, months. Right, so right. I came twice on holiday right. and then one year to live. Just right, over one right. year. Yeah. And what did you do to when you came here to live for 13 months? What did you do for So I, I've always worked as a, as a music producer and I was working as a freelancer at the time. So I, I still had some jobs from the UK. I was searching for jobs from various places. But I started teaching English in uh, public schools just for that kind of stable income uh, while I was here Um, so yeah that was pretty much it I did a couple of hours a week in public schools a lot of them were quite far away so there was a lot of driving involved and then the rest of the time I was at home doing uh, freelance music and audio work nice and Mm. so 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 is that what you studied yeah I have a degree in music nice uh, from Huddersfield yeah is that a real degree yeah, yeah, it, and it's it's actually proper music. I didn't do music technology, pop music, which is which is what wait, I'm doing wait, wait, wait. now. There's a degree in pop music. Yeah, 
What? Yeah, there's film music, pop music,、uh, music engineering, music technology, all different things. So I, I stuck for the kind of plain, simple music, but all the skills I, I use now in my, in my current job,、um, I didn't learn on my degree. I, I learned that away from university. I think that's so, similar to e v e r y o n e Yeah, a lot of people are <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what was it like in Huddersfield? I, I know absolutely nothing about Huddersfield apart from they have a football team that's just been r e l e g a t e d Yeah, yeah.、Um, it's a small town. There's, there's not an awful lot going on,、uh, but it, it has a really good music department. It's world famous for contemporary music, which is kind of. No, but wait, you say that phrase world famous? Yeah, it's a small town. If I went anywhere、scene. in the world and said. Do you know the Huddersfield School of Music? <laughs> Let somebody in, in a, somewhere in the world be like, yeah, yeah, I know that, but I don't think that's what it's called. Huddersfield、then. Contemporary Music Festival happens every November. It's covered by so BBC Radio 4. <laughs> yeah, and、uh, people come, artists come all over the world to perform, but it's weird music. Really, really weird. What's the word I'm looking for?、Uh, esoterical music. Right. Yeah. Right. I once went to a concert. And it was、uh, a rhubarb plant with microphones around it. And we sat in the dark listening to the rhubarb grow. And, and that was the concert. Did, and it's that, I don't believe crazy that. shit. That、yeah. really happened. Yeah, yeah, it really happened. What、yeah. did you hear? What did it sound Just like? Just weird creaking noises.、Yeah. You could hear it grow. Yeah, yeah, you could actually hear it grow because it grows so quickly.、Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you could actually hear it growing. <laughs> so it's bizarre. And、uh, was there a message behind that? Something to take for humanity?、Uh, probably, but it was probably <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. I once went to, a, and a lot of this like contemporary music, contemporary art is just porn disguised as art. I once went to this concert <laughs> and it was just, I didn't know what it was. It was free, so I went. And、um, it was this guy, he said, yeah, he called it like liquid pixel. Like, you know, when you pixelate something to like hide someone's face, yeah, yeah. but it's called liquid pixel. So they kind of melted into each other. And it's a cool effect. It's like, okay, that's cool. And he just said, oh, yeah, so I just took loads of porn and pixelated it. And then I, I hooked up with this, this、um, you know, music producer, composer, and he was doing like live ambient synthesis to this pixelated porn. And we sat there for two hours looking at this thing. It was the weirdest thing. But you know what? Sometimes you need to go to these things and open your mind. <laughs> it's art, right? Yeah, it's, it's art. Yeah, porn, but disguised as art. <laughs> so moving on from porn art.、Um, You came back here for 13 months. You were an English teacher. Were you singing to the kids then since you're a music teacher? Yeah,、producer? I love that. Did you have、that. a synthesizer at the top? At the front no, I never performed, but I love all the, the English learning songs. And, you know, even if I didn't have a laptop, I'd be doing it a cappella, all the ABC <laughs> stuff.、Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think they enjoy it. <laughs> and so, as we know, your, your girlfriend's Vietnamese. And we know from、uh, talking to her previously, she likes to feed you a lot as well. How, how is her cooking? Is it good?、Uh, it's really good. Unfortunately, we don't do as much cooking as we'd like to here in Vietnam. We cooked a lot more in the UK. And, you know, Kim, my girlfriend, was involved with the Vietnamese Student Society. And that's one thing about Vietnamese people. They went to England, they had their little group, and they all made friends with each other. And it was often our house where they ended up because. Kim was the best at cooking, so she'd do <laughs> hot pots and noodle soups, and they'd all come round her house and, and she, she'd be feeding、party? everyone. And it always ended in a karaoke party, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, that is generally true. <laughs> I was only joking. <laughs> yeah, because I, I work in music,、uh, so I had you know, microphones, speakers, and we used to set this up, and they'd all do their, their karaoke, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I hid in the kitchen washing up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what was it like um, dating a Vietnamese girl in the UK? Ah, uh, I, I don't. I never really met many people from Vietnam until that point. So her English was has improved a lot because I met her as she was starting her degree. So yeah, it was interesting, especially the food, you know, because she enjoyed cooking and it was all stuff so different the, that I knew. Mm. Uh, but you know, we had a lot of similar interests, film and music. So so there wasn't much of a barrier I ever felt between us. What would you say would would be the biggest barrier? Um, culturally, culturally, or, yeah, you know. culturally, uh, there was there was a few uh, a few barriers. Um, I, I can't think of any particular examples off the top of my head. I don't want to be mean to her, but <laughs> there was there was a few things culturally that that there was a little bit hard, or we had to like explain to each other and un- understand each other's backgrounds a bit more. Uh, well, well, Kim told us that's right that when you're sick, that you need to drink hot water. Yeah, well, it's the ice that I think's weird. If you drink ice, you get a bad throat. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure I believe that, but yeah, everyone in Vietnam does, so who am I to know? <laughs> the best, the best uh, one that I heard was when I first came to Vietnam. It was our first night in Saigon, my wife and I and, and her sister and her husband. And my wife managed to cut her big toe really badly on a set of stairs, a set of metal stairs. Mm. So the top of the toe was almost hanging off blood everywhere mm. really bad luckily there was a pharmacy next door so we went to the pharmacy and you know we got it cleaned up got bandages and then of course they wanted to give her antibiotics oh yeah and I'm like get that no, for no, everything. Anti- <laughs> yeah antibiotics they're for an infection it's a cut she's not going to take antibiotics yeah but then the best thing was he then the pharmacist I say pharmacist it's in quotation marks he's about 19 years old he told her that she shouldn't eat Morning Glory oh, right. the next day. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, the, the advice was don't eat Morning Glory okay. the next day. So we, we kind of took that one with a pinch of salt as well. Like, I don't know if that's entirely accurate. Yeah, that's, I, there is one story. I remember once my girlfriend, she, she had a bruise and uh, she boiled an egg and started rubbing it on the bruise. Apparently that was going to fix it, so... Well, that was know, a bit of a weird back one. In, back home, they would say, put a steak on a black eye. Yeah, that's it. true, yeah. Maybe it's something similar. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. So you went back home. You've been to it. Came here twice on yeah. holiday. Yeah, went back home, came again, lived for a year, went back home. Then my girlfriend finished her degree. Because, you see, I had just finished my degree when I met her, and she was just starting hers. She kind of right. met a little bit uh, at the wrong time. So after so she you moved to Saigon without her, without yeah, your yeah, yeah. So she did this though, one. She was in. She was in. Yeah, the yeah. UK. I know. It sounds country. a bit odd, but she was doing an internship. She had a one-year job internship at the university, and it was a good time. It was her first job, so it was a good time for her to kind of you know do this, get the experience, and be independent. And at the same time, I was working with her. With a friend, you know, we were both working together as freelancers and he wanted to come here. And if I wanted to continue working with him, you know, I, I kind of had to go with him. Oh, okay. So, you know, there's, there's two factors to that to So that it was just story. a coincidence that he wanted to Yeah, yeah, because now. he grew up in Southeast Asia oh, and uh, he's yeah. from Germany, but, uh, but wanted to come back here. So, so I agreed to go with him and mm. we continued to work together. We, we lived together as well. Uh, you know, and I came back for Christmas 
my girlfriend came here for Tet, and then in the summers she was here. So we were only ever apart for a couple of months at oh. a time. So it's, it's not as drastic as it sounds at first. And so now you're both here full time. So how long have you been here full time now? Yes, one year full time. Oh, that's now. right. Sorry, you yeah. said that earlier. And so what do you do now? Uh, what have you been? Doing I for the last I came. I, I didn't want to be one of those people who came on a tourist visa and, you know, was just teaching English, not really qualified. So I, I did the CELTA in England and then I came here to teach. I had the job for working with ILA, but I always intended to get back into the music scene as soon as I could. And because I lived here before and was already working here, I, I had a lot of connections. And the first day I came here, I went to a film festival in District 2, in uh, Saigon Outcast, and one of the films actually did the music, the soundtrack for. You did it? Yeah, yeah, so it was nice to, to get straight back into that and already talking to people, and I started working with a, a friend, producing some music for him, and from there, I met some other people and, and just landed this other job, working full-time as a music producer, which has been uh, really great, still doing it now. I'm not working with ILA anymore, uh, I did really enjoy it. No, no bad feelings so or regrets. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not teaching English anymore. Just full time music, uh, which is really nice. Always been a dream. It's much better than freelancing because I'm working within a company. They tell me what to do. They give me the jobs. I don't need to worry about searching for it. Uh, yeah, so it's really great. And so what kind of music is it that you're making? Ah, mostly children's music. <laughs> I, I work with um, a TV channel here, HTV3, uh, doing a lot of kids' songs, uh, which is which is fun. I, I, I still love working with kids. Uh, I get to do some other stuff. We work with a lot of Vietnamese pop stars, and uh, I did a soundtrack for a TV show. We do some adverts and things like that. Uh, yeah, so lo- loads of good variety of things. Now, is it true that you are personally responsible for uh, Baby Shark? Baby Shark, Vietnamese Baby Shark. Gong, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, all the Pink Fong songs, there's a lot of them, are all being translated into Vietnamese. We're recording them, and then they're going to be published on uh, YouTube. Hopefully soon, we're nearly done with the project. So I, I can't wait for that to happen. I can't wait for the Vietnamese people to hear all these songs in their language. It's going to be really cool. And what has been the biggest challenge then of taking songs that are written in English, the rhymes are in English, yeah, for children, the language, and then you're taking them and making yeah. them in Vietnamese, which as we know is sort of yeah. very, very different This Vietnamese tonal language, which means you can't sing certain melodies because if the tone is going down but the note is going up, you know, that's a, that's a big problem. You just can't do it. So we've had to work our way around this, changing, you know, speaking the line instead of singing it or changing the melody, changing the lyrics. So so that's been the, the biggest challenge. And it's a challenge you wouldn't get with many other languages that aren't tonal. So it's quite specific to Vietnamese. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, I mean, the tonal language is such a challenge in so many ways. Mm. I would never have imagined that... Um, yeah. Translating it musically would. Yeah, would yeah. Condition. Like we're doing Baby Shark and even uh, Mummy Shark. Gamma, meh. Because meh is, is one of those notes that goes down in tone. But the melody of Baby Shark, Baby Shark, you can't do that with that word. So we, we have to just kind of speak it instead. So it's <laughs> finding your way. Gamma, meh, do, 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 like that instead of. 
gamma you just don't meh. Take the yeah, note. you can't because you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and does it change the overall like song a little bit? Or you yeah, a little bit. That? It changes the energy, and uh, so so it's these problems you have to work around and find a middle ground, and the, the best solution. Yeah. And so when you're when you're not working, what do, what do you like to do in Saigon? We like uh, going out, exploring bars and restaurants, mostly around the inner city. Um, yeah, just nice to see what food and, and places are, are around, really. So same as most expats. Yeah, pretty you much. Like to eat, you like to you eat, like to eat, drink. drink. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. We love going to the cinema as well. We go and see a lot of Vietnamese films, actually. And your uh, Vietnamese is, nice. is shit. Your Vietnamese well, we, should be better if you're watching know, Vietnamese yeah. movies. You should be getting. Better <laughs> I just read at the it. subtitles. That's terrible. Does your girlfriend not try and make you speak Vietnamese? No, she speaks Vietnamese to me, uh, but and I understand it. So I can, if she gives me some kind of instruction in Vietnamese, I, I know what she's saying. When she's angry at you, uh, yeah, she, like, that's when Vietnamese. it comes out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you, but you still can understand. What yeah, she's yeah. And uh, so you go to the movies a lot. Uh, have you seen Avengers Endgame yet? Yeah, we went to see it in 4D, which was fun. But, you know, the the chairs kind of moving around so much, it, it's a bit hard to concentrate on the screen. <laughs> well, we won't say anything about it because... Yeah, we don't want to spoil it. But by the time this gets listened to, it's probably yeah, a long probably time past that, yeah. so We'll maybe cut this out. Uh, so to finish off uh, every episode I ask every guest the same questions we want to learn a bit more about Saigon hopefully share some more information so first question is what are your top three foods in Vietnam oh I love because my girlfriend loves it I think uh, which is similar to pho but it's a little bit spicier has a few more flavours so yeah I, I really love uh, the other one is which is like the the beef stew. You know, you can have it with noodles or bread. I, I really love that one. And um, thirdly, just the Vietnamese spring rolls. You know, in the rice paper, they're really good. You get the fresh herbs and vegetables in. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. And then what is your favourite bar and your favourite beer in Saigon? Oh, there's a, a bar which we've been going to recently called Leila. And uh, it's like a live music venue. The band are really great. The band of Vietnamese, the singers are foreign, but from different countries, you know, and they do all these pop covers, but they do them really well. So we, we love going there and uh, listening to the live music. And then, to be clear, so it's called what? Leila. Which is different to Leila. Leila's the, the cocktail bar. Yeah, it's a bit confusing. It's on Le Lai Street. Right. You know, you've got Pham Lao, and then you've got the park. It's the road on the other mm-hmm. side of the park. Yeah, Leila, L-E-L-A, I think. Good to clear that up. And so what's your favourite beer? Because obviously we're spoiled with craft beer. Yeah, I really like the Cacao Nib Porter in Heart of Darkness. It's not something I go out and have a few of, but especially if you've had dinner and it's quite late, it's kind of like a dessert beer. But it's quite unique, special thing, yeah. I'm nodding my head here in agreement. Mm. I 100% agree that beer is absolutely delicious mm. I couldn't drink more than one probably yeah same it's yeah. like one of those like, it's, it's a really treat. rich and it's, it is like a dessert almost but yeah man it's good yeah I'll agree with that one so what's your favourite daytime place to have a drink at in Saigon we like going to our park and propaganda next to the park near the reunification palace they do really good brunches uh, so you, and you can sit outside if it's not too hot get your brunch you can get a cocktail and yeah it's it's a great ambience nice place to be and so we obviously know a bit about the background of why you came to Saigon mm. why do you stay 
number one, because my girlfriend is here and she's Vietnamese. And number two, my job. I love my job and my colleagues I work with, the things I get to do. And thirdly, the, the lifestyle, you know, all these places we can go to. Uh, I just think it's so great. If this was the UK, it's too cold. You just want to stay at home, watch TV. But here we're out almost every night enjoying ourselves. Yeah, so we uh, really love it here. It's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of forget that sometimes the weather here is, apart from, you know, rainy season, it's consistently warm and it's yeah. consistently nice. And you do that because I've not lived in the UK for so long, I forget about how much of an adverse effect the weather has on you. You get one sunny day and suddenly all the restaurants are putting table and chairs outside. Yeah, tap tap tap, yeah, the sunny's on. And everyone's outside. And you just imagine if it was like this half the year, it would... You know, businesses would be doing better. Everyone would be happier. Yeah, We're all outside. But I remember once I saw a friend on Facebook post that he had, uh, from Scotland, had sunstroke. It had been 23 degrees. In <laughs> but it's a big difference when it's normally like five yeah. degrees. <laughs> and so I, I kind of mocked him a little bit and then I got shot down and someone sent a link that you can actually get sunstroke. Right. At 23 <laughs> degrees, I was like, this, yeah. I'm completely shocked at that. But yeah, yeah, you forget the difference that the weather makes. You can enjoy so many more things, and especially Definitely. year round here as well, right? Yeah. So, what's one thing that you would change about Saigon? Uh, the traffic, uh, you know, it's it can be dangerous, it causes bad pollution, it's so many cars and bikes everywhere. And, you know, we have this metro project. They're trying to introduce more buses and bus routes. And let's just hope that they keep growing that, that the metro is done on time and uh, that it makes a difference. Uh, I I think that if they can sort the traffic out, it'll be much easier for everyone and better for our health. And what would you say is the most misunderstood thing about Saigon? I think if I was back in England telling people I lived in in uh, Saigon or, or Vietnam in their mind they would think I'm you know sort of wearing a conical hat in a farm picking rice because they just don't know you know not that many people have been here on holiday yet and you know the more that people come visit the the less they'll they'll think like that but right now I, I do think that's probably what a lot of people are envisaging when I tell them I'm, I'm here and to be fair most of Vietnam is like it that. is yeah and I think I, I you because we're in Ho Chi Minh City and it's 10 million people. Yeah. It's a, bit, it's a big city, so yeah. we have all the benefits of lots of Western bars, craft yeah. beer, all we can go by technology if we need it. Like, it really is like a cosmopolitan yeah, city. Yeah, we're, we're in a bit of a bubble, right? So it is important, I think, to get out the city once in a while and see the, like, the real Vietnam, if you want to call it that. Well, it leads into my next question, uh, is what's your favourite place or where's your favourite place to get out of town? Because as we know, especially as expats, and in this crazy city with the heat and the traffic, sometimes you just need to get out. Yeah, well, for a day trip, we have friends that live in uh, Ben Trae, which is a town in the Mekong Delta. It's about a two-hour drive, so we've gone there. You can go by bus or drive there. Nice, it's quieter. It's like the land of the coconuts. You know, and the Mekong River is really beautiful. You can take a boat trip. If I had a little bit more time, I'd have to say Dalat. It's nice to go somewhere a bit cooler, you know, and it's so flat here. And it's nice to see the mountains and hills of Dalat. And uh, there's loads of great things to do there as well. And a final question. So what advice would you give to someone who's thinking of living in Saigon? Uh, I'd say 
just go for it. Don't be scared. You know, it might feel like a big move, especially if you've never been to Asia and you live in Europe or America. Um, don't be afraid and take the step and you'll meet loads of really great people. The Vietnamese people are so helpful and welcoming to foreigners and, and expats that want to come here. So uh, I, th I think you'll really enjoy it. Just, uh, you know, take a hat and some sunscreen because it can get pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, I didn't think of that answer when I thought of this question, but that is great practical advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What advice would you give to someone? Sunscreen, hat. hat. And then a raincoat, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, Lewis, thank you very much. Uh, that's been really interesting. It's been fun talking to you. Um, do you want to tell us what's happening next for you? Uh, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm just still here for the foreseeable future, still enjoying my job. I'm going to be working on, you know, some interesting projects coming up. It's a bit hard to talk about it with what I do. It's, it's all kind of secretive, <laughs> which is uh, a shame. But I'm really looking forward to just, you know, working on more music projects, getting them out there on, on the TV and YouTube and, and so the Vietnamese people can hear it and hopefully enjoy it. Awesome. Thank mm. you very much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of 7 Million Bikes, a Saigon podcast. Thank you very much to Lewis Wright for composing our theme tune and helping with editing. And thank you very much to Lynn Nguyen for helping with the cover art design that you see on our Facebook page and our website. If you do want to leave us a review, go to Facebook, look for 7 Million Bikes, a Saigon podcast, or you can check us out online at www.7millionbikes.com. I hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast. If you have any suggestions of people in Saigon who you'd like to hear from, like to be interviewed, then just drop me an email at 7millionbikes at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away it makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease, and I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. 
Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to the show. Cheers.